Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today I'm sitting down with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, Jesse Burrell, Mr. Data King. How you doing, buddy? Thanks so much for having me on. I've uh, been bugging you for months to get on your, you know, crazy podcast that you have so many extreme people that are so important ahead of me. So I, I know you want to give me a hard time about that, but I had plans where I wanted to travel to Phoenix and do an in-person because I love you so much. I wanted to fly to Phoenix to personally like interview everyone at batch in the office. And then this little worldwide pandemic thing happened. So it kind of changed things a little bit, but uh, I'm glad we got to, to connect and get on here. You know, uh, you and I talk all the time and you know, I, I, I consider you a friend, but also a mentor at times. You kind of give me a kick in the ass at different points of times and tell me what I'm messing up on. So looking forward to what you got to share today. Um, for the, you know, most people know you as like the guy at batch skip tracing, right? But, you know, yeah. like you said right before, hey, I do a lot of investing as well. And hey, I did a lot of deals before batch was ever a thing. So let's go back to the beginning. How did you get started in real estate investing? How'd you get your start? That's a that's a great question, and um, I got a pretty different story than probably uh, most do. Is I um, was finishing up school, I wanted to be in golf, so I wanted to be a golf instructor, and I started doing my internships. And I soon realized I don't like to wake up at four a.m. I think I always knew that, but I was like, there has to be a better way. And my friend uh, Danielle Kroll. She's hooked up in like 2012 working for this um, real estate investor. You know, the market crashed and there's a lot of opportunity out here. And she was working with him. And I was just complaining about, you know, not knowing where I wanted to go and do some type of sales job. And she's like, hey, I think we're actually hiring. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but do you want to come work with us? And Basically, they would flip homes and then uh, ran a property management company. So this guy was Israeli, had a bunch of money from friends back there. They would do some buy and holds for them. So they pretty much just wholesale the property to these uh, investors and then stick tenants in there. And then they would also, he was also flipping. So I kind of became an acquisition manager. I would scour the MLS during that time looking for pre-foreclosures and short sales and then I had to quickly learn how to underwrite, which I didn't know what that meant then, but I was basically having to figure out how much the house needed, how much we needed to buy it for and what we could sell it for. So I was an acquisition manager, I guess, before there was acquisition managers. And I got to do that for a year, which was pretty cool. Oh man, the days where you could buy investment properties off the MLS. Don't you miss those days? I mean, I didn't make money doing it, so not really. <laughs> Well, I made a lot of money when I got started because we that's how we got started. You know, the guru that uh, that we learned how to do this from, he taught us, you know, you go find deals off the MLS, you make low ball offers and we make quite a bit of money doing that. So uh, now that quickly went away once we realized what direct to seller marketing and, you know, things like batch skip tracing and stuff like that. Once we learned about those things that went away. But uh, so so you became an acquisitions manager. You know, wh where did kind of your story go from that point? 
So then he exited the market kind of a little early and started liquidating in late 14, maybe. Uh, I don't remember when I started on my own. It was 14 or 15, one of those years. But I got my real estate license and I was still able to find a few deals. So I was working with some people that were doing some flips just as an agent and then um, kind of stumbled across Sean Terry. And I was like, how, how is he not selling these on the MLS? I'm super confused. Right. And then, you know, kind of went down the wholesaling rabbit hole and direct mail back then was obviously the, mm-hmm. the main source for marketing. And uh, me, uh, Danielle and Jared um, decided to partner up and create a wholesale company. So we started shoving bandit signs in the ground every night at 2 a.m. And uh, got a printer, started printing stuff off and, you know, self-stuffing envelopes. And we're doing 5,000 at a time. I mean, we're up till three, four in the morning doing whatever it took to kind of get the company off the ground. And luckily we had some uh, success and some success quickly. We got like a $200,000 assignment, our third deal, which which really helped, you know, uh, start funding more marketing. And we were very early uh, right after that to adapt to the um, pay-per-click model. And that's when we went virtually. We blanket the whole entire United States for buying homes and your cost per click is really, really cheap. So unfortunately, I don't think that's the best model. We'll probably get into that later on, on doing it that way because I'm learning how to underwrite new markets and buying right is uh, very difficult, but we made it work for quite a while. And then we started uh, scaling down markets from there. And then uh, soon after that, it was pretty cool. I, um, Danny and Jared started dating and kind of, we started going our separate ways a little bit. We decided to part ways and I started my own operation um, with uh, like three acquisition reps and they're just sitting there banging the phones, cold calling. And I was flipping homes myself from there. And then that led into uh, meeting Annie Nevo and where I am now with all the other stuff. So, you know, it's funny. And I, and I know this story that you just told kind of spans over the course of several years there. You know, you talked about buying deals off the MLS. You talked about direct mail, you talked about bandit signs, you talked about paper click, and then you, you transitioned to cold calling. I mean, at that point in time, you were you were having to transition your marketing techniques pretty consistently just to stay up with the times. And and do you think that kind of like led you to the path of where maybe made you more interested in doing something like batch skip tracing? Uh that came from losing TLO, actually. Uh and then, um, you know, I'm, I'm heavy on cold calling and data at the time, you know, data is king. Right. And um, I talked to Evo, who I met at a mastermind, and he's like, hey, I have this really good data source, you know, and, and he hooked me up from there and I started testing it. And I was like, whoa, this is great data. Um, I have a lot of people that are getting off TLO or don't want to commit to monthly things. And you couldn't batch there. You, you'd have to like manually skip trace with most accounts. And if you did batch, you get flagged and kicked out pretty much immediately. So we figured out a way to, to pretty much, you know, kind of get rid of that commitment and have people batching large volumes. And I just started reaching out to friends. They started liking it. It snowballed. It wasn't meant to really be a business. It was a side hustle for a while. And then once we gained just a little momentum, three weeks later, I'm calling Brent Daniels being like, who do your students use for skip tracing? And it hopped him on board and he kind of, gave that some rocket fuel. And I think we just started pouring gasoline on the fire from there. 
Is it okay if you tell the story how y'all came up with the name Bat Skip Tracing? Because I know you told me about it with Evo and, and all that. Is that some is that something you're willing to share the story about? Um, I mean, literally, Annie and Evo are the most literal people in the world. And he's like, but you're Batch Skip Tracing. And I'm like, okay. Like, we'll call it BatchSkipTracing.com. <laughs> I, I, I wish every business that you could come up with, you would come up with that literal of a name and the actual, like, domain is available. You know what I mean? You had to be like, dude, I think we're on to something here. When you looked up, is BatchSkipTracing.com available? And it was. He already had it. Uh, he already had the domain. So I had nothing to do with it. And I was just like, okay, you know, it's that's what it is. And, you know, and a lot of people are like, hey, I need to batch skip trace. So it's, I mean, I'd say it's a pretty good name for sure. And the uh, URL cost us, you know, $7 or something when we got it. So right. you can't complain right. there. So I think one of the things that's really interesting about y'all's like journey together and by y'all, I mean you and Annie and Evo is, is that when y'all first started batch skip tracing, y'all were still doing individual deals as far as real estate. Y'all weren't partners there, but now you are partners. Kind of talk about that journey and how that decision was made because, you know, I, there's a lot of people in this industry that have failed partnerships and, and there's greed and ego and pride where it's like, no, you know, I've been doing this for years. Why do I now want to give up equity and become partners with you and everything? How was that decision made? That was a really hard decision for me to make for the simple fact that I had a partnership that, that failed and it strained the friendships I had with Danny and Jared for a while. So I was really hesitant to ever partner with somebody again. So, I mean, we were doing the batch skip tracing um, for over a year and I was just like, you know, this feels right. It seems right. But, you know, I have 100 percent of a wholesale operation. They each have 50 percent. I'm giving up, what, 67 percent of my wholesale side. I was like, I, I obviously had to see a lot of opportunity on the batch side to have that make sense because I was running a very successful wholesale operation on my own and you know, we, we kind of just had to talk it out. It was probably a couple months of really figuring out, can this work or can it not? But the biggest struggle was we had two separate offices and it was really tough doing meetings and getting together and collaborating on trying to grow the batch side when we didn't have um, that time being together. That's the, the separate spaces is what killed us. So the one thing that I think is interesting about this is when y'all came together, you had to then decide who's going to have what roles in the wholesaling business and who's going to have the roles in batch. How did y'all come to the determination of who was going to do what for both businesses? Yeah, that was a great question. And that's kind of how they sold me is Annie's like, Hey, I'll take over the wholesale side. You can focus growing the batch. And, you know, I've been wholesaling for five years at that time on a, you know, nonstop grind. And I'm like, okay, I could work on growing this and I'm going to make money. So I have to do, you know, little, a lot less work to get paid on that side. And I just wasn't passionate about running a wholesale operation anymore. And I've, and I've just been through a lot with, you know, two companies already. And um, she took the reins and that's kind of what swayed me to be like, okay, I'm willing to, to give up, you know, the equity, but we combined our teams and um, luckily, I had a strong team that got to, to come come over and, and thrive even further because they're definitely better at uh, systems and processes. And I'm, you know, 
more on the sales side of things and, and managing the, I guess you would say the team and making sure everybody's excited and hitting goals. And I just think that learning how we all fit together was very much key to me knowing that we would be successful. And I think we're all so different that anything we decide to do moving forward, I just see it as rocket fuel. You know, that, that book's a great book to, you know, integration and visionary roles. And I'm so lucky to have two people that are both uh, more on the integration side. And I, I push on the visionary side because there's a lot of visionaries. So I'm very, very lucky to have such incredible integrators and I'm thankful every single day. Like, yeah. And, and you know, it's funny you bring that up. So do you actually view like Annie as the integrator for the real estate business and Evo as the integrator for batch and you're just the visionary for both? Uh, more or less, that would kind of be um, the thought of that. But Annie has uh, dove into some of the integration side. So me and Evo's really good at building the systems and he has a little bit of visionary in him too. But Annie's really good at setting up the uh, SOPs, which are standard operating procedures and the, how to train someone in a new position. And she's been really helping us on that side of things as we're growing and having to put people into roles and we're still learning on, you know, the um, how to create the best customer service for, you know, the the products and batch skip tracing, tracing side of things. So she's very helpful on that side to where that's kind of where me and Evo lack and that's her strength. So she helps a lot on the um, batch product side as well. Yeah. You know, I, I was lucky enough to come be a guest on Steve Trang's podcast. And when we came out to Phoenix, you reached out to me and you're like, dude, you're coming to my office. You're going to have to spend the day with us. We ended up spending two full days in the batch office. And, and I want to talk about that atmosphere that you guys have created um, because quite frankly, I mean, I think it, it is the most, one of the most amazing atmospheres, culture experiences in somebody else's office that I've ever witnessed. Um, talk about like the, the collaboration within the office, because it is Batch's office, but you have other real estate investors, other influencers um, in that office. What is that like? And, and how did that come about? I mean, quite frankly, I mean, y'all are all kind of competitors at some level. How did you all decide like, hey, let's just all be in one office together. Whose idea was that? And how did it come about? That was mine. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know, I, I really liked being around uh, Brent and he seemed to not love the space that he was in. And then, um, you know, Pace is just a ball of energy and, and great to be around. And we all have just like our Phoenix crew is a lot of people know for you that, that don't know us is we don't see each other's competition. If we collaborate and we're all doing the right things, you know, with tides, all boats rise. And that's kind of how we see things is if we're helping each other and being authentic and sharing real secrets, it helps all of us in the long run because we're all helping each other's companies and just being around those people and, and putting ideas and bouncing stuff off each other. I mean, our business has thrived, you know, I can't even tell you how many times over because of the other owners we have and they all have great people they work with and uh, the culture that we've created with um, the team members we have is, it's, it's, a, it's a special experience and I get excited to go to work every day and I think everybody does because the energies Brent Daniels brings and Cashflow Chris and uh, Rafael Cortez and Pace Morby, you know, we 
we have a lot of people. Pace has multiple offices, so he uses it more for him to come collaborate with us. He rents a space just to collaborate and use the studio. That's like that shows how important it is to us. Right. And you know, it was really cool when I was there. I didn't know what was going on at the moment, but you know, you had your your team, they you know, it's kind of out in the open and and they're calling and some of it was like customer service for batch, but you also had someone that was doing acquisitions on a deal and they literally locked the deal up on the phone and walked back and sold the deal to Brent Daniels right there. And y'all made $35,000. And you're like, you come around and you're like all cheering in my face. You're like, I just made 35 G's. And then we didn't even have to leave the office. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, I need this back at home. Like, this is crazy. And that's just a super awesome atmosphere, you know? And, and, and the thing about it is, is it's not, yeah. I mean, it was your vision. And, and you came up with it, but you found the people that fit well in that culture. And and now, I mean, I feel like there's a new podcast, a new show coming out like once a week from the Phoenix crew out there. That's what I call you guys. Uh, but it's like every, and y'all are always finding ways to add value to the community and to each other and collaborating together. It's, it's an awesome atmosphere and, and just, if you're ever in Phoenix, you know, I'm, I'll say maybe I shouldn't give an open invitation, but you should swing by the batch office and just experience it in person for sure. Um, no, on, on Fridays, Brent has all of his students come. Anybody's welcome on Fridays. Literally, our uh, team members are working a half day and the second half of the day is to help students and people that come in and want to learn more about all the stuff that we're doing. That's awesome. And, and like I said, man, I mean, we weren't even coming out to Phoenix to necessarily see you guys. I mean, you invited us. I mean, we were coming out to be a part of Steve's podcast. And then it just turned out to where I look back at that that trip and just get, I, I never met Brent Daniels in person. And now, you know, I, I talk to Brent on a regular basis. I mean, he's one of the most incredible guys in, in the industry. It strengthened our relationship. Now we do a lot with you guys. I mean, we basically have transitioned our entire business over to everything batch services that you guys have done. So I want to touch base on that a little bit because I keep calling you, you know, batch skip tracing. That's how it started. But but batch is a lot more than that now. You guys are are basically becoming the Amazon of real estate investor uh, services. Um, so talk about like the everything that you've added over the past couple of months and the things that you've got in the pipeline that are coming down because I mean, you guys are basically having a one-stop shop for real estate investors. Yeah, and that's kind of been the goal is it just started to skip tracing and we didn't think anything more and people just wanted to, hey, like, are you going to have texting coming out, RVM, uh, which is ringless voicemail, or, um, you know, all these different little things, uh, you know, a dialer, people even said that, and I'm like, you're out of your mind, let's that costs hundreds upon hundreds, even millions of dollars to, to do right, stuff like right. that. And I'm like, no way. And it just started with a uh, um, list stacking as I was struggling with the list stacking provider I was using at the time. And I said, Evo, can you build something? Um, and he was working with some developers and he's like, sure, I'll have it for you in two weeks. And six months later, we have something to sell. And I was like, well, that didn't really solve my wholesale problem, but um, it's cool. We have another business. And then, batch lead or batch uh, lead stacker at the time is what it was called and that's a great data management tool to stack your list and keep everything in one place instead of having a thousand excel files so 
um, it was a great platform to start adding other things on. So we've since then added, uh, you know, text blasting. And then um, soon we have lists coming out, something similar to PropStream to where, you know, now you'll be able to basically, you know, import your data and then you'll be able to get new lists from us in there. You could skip trace it in there and then you could send it to your texting and then RVMs coming soon. And then God behold, we have a dialer coming out in the middle of the summer too. So you can literally, you don't have to import and export stuff anymore. You can literally just push, you know, that data or that campaign you want to do into RVM or into text messaging. So anything telecommunication, I mean, we're going to be that place to where it just doesn't make sense for you not to use us. And that's, that's the ultimate goal. And we want to make sure you have the best products out there. So we, we spent quite a bit of money on developing and continuing to make sure that we're on the cutting edge side of all these different things. And it's a lot of work, but we help people get deals. And at the end of the day, if we're not helping people get deals, they're not going to use our product. So unless I'm making sure that you're making money, I don't have a company. And that's the number one thing that's important to me is making sure that the real estate investors that put their trust and work with us are able to do is get deals. You know, you should come out with something where you can pull comps on batch too. So I don't ever have to leave batch. Oh, that's, that's on its way as well. Awesome. You know what? The only thing that you're going to be missing at that point in time is like a DocuSign feature where I can send the contract out. Is that like going to be 2021? No. So we're not going to do the CRM side. We're pretty much everything up to pushing it into, you know, whatever uh, CRM, whatever tool you use to we're, we're helping you create the leads and then you push them into whatever system, the CRM, that will not happen. I already told Evo that's a hard no forever. <laughs> that's a lot of customer service and it's already a lot. I, I don't want to, to add that to the part because I think people should be able to have the choice to use whatever they want for that side because there's each business is very different. I don't want to put you in a box for your um, customer relationship management software. So going back to the relationship between you and Evo, how often are you the one that's coming up with these new systems that you want to come out? And how often is it that Evo's like, hey, while I was working on this one system, I realized it's pretty easy for me to just go ahead and create something else that we could sell. How does that play so, out? So the list stacking was my idea. And then um, I think we collectively just wanted to, to do the texting. I don't know who thought of that first. And then the um, the list and the dialer was his idea. So he's, he's kind of see it evolved and see like we're doing all these different things that like the development side would work if we added this in or, you know, like tying things together. Um, so that's kind of where I'm talking about his visionary side. He has that too. And like, that dude, uh, him and Pace Morby are like both aliens to me, like their work ethics and how good they are at doing things. Um, I mean, they all are. Brent Daniels is probably the most incredible person I've ever met. He is by far mentored me. When someone says, who's your mentor? I'm like, you know, I'm so lucky I don't have to pay for it because, well, <laughs> I, mean, I pay him money too, but you know, for, for, for affiliate stuff, but he's been such a big part of helping me grow and, and then Steve Trang is like my dad I go to for personal advice. And it's just, I have such a great uh, circle around me to where I think we all mentor each other in different ways. And that's, that's another part of the success of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I, and I love all those guys, except for oh, Steve. Hold on. I, uh, 
I can't leave out Jamil. He is my spiritual mentor, and I cannot leave Jamil out. He is by far one of the other. I have just so many great people in my life. I'm I'm very fortunate, including you as well, obviously. I appreciate that, man. And, and like I was saying, uh, I agree with all of them. I, I love everybody out there except for Steve Trang. Um, <laughs> until, until May 25th, we're not friends because we're competing against each other in the, the Super Closers Olympics. Um, and, and, you know, we have a little bit of a beef anyways, because, you know, we each have podcasts and, uh, you know, I, I give Steve a hard time all the time. Cause I say you might have a bigger, uh, audience fan base, but, uh, I have better content. And so, uh, he, he, uh, he laughs pretty hard at me, uh, but Steve's a great guy and, and it's just incredible. Uh, the, the atmosphere that you guys have out there and, um, you know, I think it's, I, I, I will I will say this. I want to give you props like out there for everybody to hear and the fact that you have spearheaded a lot of that and, and bringing that collaboration together. I don't think you get the credit that you rightfully deserve for being a part of that. Um, and and I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you do. Uh, but um, I've seen it, man. Uh, I've seen how you are with with like me and our, our friendship. You know, you are a, a very tenacious person. And, and you're like, hey, man, like this is a vision that I see. And, and there was times where like you were talking to me about how we could work together on different things. And I was like, well, you know, I'm already using this other system. And you were kind of like, yeah, but RJ, but think about this. This is where Batch is headed. And don't you want to be a line where instead of having to have seven or eight different systems you can just work with me and we can work on this together and collaborate like if you need something just tell me and, right. and that was a, a really awesome moment for me because i saw that like not only did you want my business and you want but you also wanted my feedback of your product and and that's really i mean over the course of several months it led to titanium basically transferring everything over to, to batch and I, I just got to, to witness how you handle those relationships. And, and uh, I, you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to, to witness what you've been able to create out there in Phoenix with everybody. So um, with that being said, I want to go back to the real estate side of things a little bit. Uh, okay. because, you know, Batch is, is awesome. And I think, you know, at this point in time, majority of people know about Batch, Skip, Tracy, but I wanted to showcase those other services that you guys are coming out. But I mean, dude, you've done over 500 deals virtually um wholesaling but you guys are doing a lot more than just wholesaling right now y'all have branched out in the new new development side of things and so i know that that was newer for you guys when i was there in december um yeah. and you guys are doing projects with chris ontiveros and pace morby what does that look like right now with what's going on with with covid i mean is that kind of slowed things down has it impacted the process what does that look like right now yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Pace, the, the issue with, uh, so with Pace Morby, we're doing uh, 51 uh, manufactured homes with land. Like uh, it's already a developed community, but uh, I got a hold of a guy on a cold call. So make sure you TCP, uh, <laughs> Brett Daniel style. Um, and we were able to lock up like the last 50 lots that never got developed. They bought them in like 707 in a crash and they just sat on them until it made sense for someone to buy again. Um, but the process, the manufacturing side on the manufactured homes has slowed down, but we got our first one up for sale like four weeks ago and we got a full price offer. So, you know, I think we have two, three and four sitting there that we're putting together 
but it's just maybe going to slow down the pipeline process of, you know, moving all those forward. And then on the other side for the new development, we're doing a 50 unit apartment and also doing uh, 25 single family homes in Phoenix. It just kind of slowed down the permit process and the uh, city reviews and stuff like that. But it's still cruising along. And I kind of like to see what it looks like. And I'm getting a better picture of what the market's going to look like. And I think I think it's going to be fine. Uh, there's still no inventory out here in Phoenix. It's still really low. But, you know, I'm not going to base decisions on fear. I'm going to use logic and decision, but I'm not going to um, just fire sale everything because what if this bad thing happens? Like, I'm going to see the project through. Well, you know, and specifically talk about the Phoenix market right now. I mean, I already saw Open Door has opened up where they're going to start buying again in the Phoenix market. I mean, if that's not a sign of, hey, you know, at least for the Phoenix market, it's going to come out on the other end of this pretty unscathed, you know. And that's the only market they're doing. So, like, they're smarter than me. They're like, I'm good with Phoenix. I'm like, I think I'm good, too. Exactly. And that's my point is like, they're not going to open back up in Phoenix if there's any concern whatsoever. I mean, they, they pulled the plug on everybody across the country in one day. And so now they're slowly turning it back on. You know, they said they're going to open up some other markets over the course of the next couple of months. But right now, Phoenix is the only market that they plug right back into. So yeah, that's, that talks about the health of that market for sure. Um, what about outside of that project? That's the manufactured homes. Do you have any just single family homes that you're, you're currently building? Yeah, that's what I said. I have the 25 single family homes and then a 50 unit apartment that we're working on. And those are still in the permit stages. So those were so far out. We're just getting through the permits. Like worst case scenario, we could have sold it with the plans and all the things and probably broke even or even made a little bit, but we still plan on, um, you know, we have money raised and we still plan on, uh, finishing those projects through. And it's, it's really exciting to learn and uh, lucky to have, you know, Chris, who you mentioned earlier, and so did I, um, he's just so good at this right. new development right. stuff and new construction. He's, he's another, and he's in the office too. He's one of the smartest people I know. And one of the greatest dudes besides being a 49er fan, you know, I, I love the guy. For sure, man. Um, so I want to get your opinion on something, you know, right now there's a lot of people that have been impacted by this, maybe that they've, you know, they're nine to five, maybe they lost that job, maybe they're, you know, maybe they were looking at getting into wholesaling, and they just lost their job. And now it's like, well, hey, I want to get into this. And you know, you provide data, all of these other sources, you know, you're doing new construction, you've done 500 deals. I know you gave a great tip um on a call that we did for next level a webinar um but it for the people right now that might be wanting to get started in the wholesaling right now what would be the the tip that you would get on how to get started during the time that we're in right now these unprecedented times where you know some markets were hit pretty hard i mean you and i are are luckily we, we've talked about this we're we're pretty lucky i mean our, our markets were not hit as bad as some of these other locations but to the people that want to get started right now, what what would you say to them? So, yeah, I, I got to talk to this on the, uh, gosh, what was it? It was uh, the panel that we had for uh, Next Level Flipping. And 
uh, Brent got to tee me up because I didn't know what I was going to say. And then Brent's like, Jesse has something really good. And I was like, I know what he's talking about because uh, he's like, you have all this good content and you keep it to yourself. Be more on social media. And I'm like, ah, too busy. But um, so there's a couple ways is now's a better time than ever to get in. One, if you do have some money saved and you could spend some dollars on marketing, a lot of people have been running for the hills and are scared. So there's a lot less investors that are reaching out to people. And then um, the homeowners understand that we're in a different situation. So you have an opportunity to help a homeowner and, and make yourself some money. The buyers are the hardest thing to find right now, not the sellers. So if you could find some good buyers and still help a homeowner, you have a very good opportunity to make some money. And then if you don't have money or maybe you lost your job, this is the best tip is I think that you should uh, reach out to all the big wholesalers in your market and ask them for their dead leads and work out some type of split. So then you have free marketing and you can sit there and learn on someone else's leads. Um, and I'm sure they're inclined to want to help you a little bit too for the simple fact that they're going to make money and they don't have to do anything. This is old stuff. That's not that, you know, no one's touching right now. So I, I think that's a great way for a lot of people to bootstrap and get started. If they don't have money, I don't think you really have an excuse. It's, it's time. And if you're willing to put the time in, you're going to be successful in real estate investing and especially wholesale if if you have a decent skill set and are willing to learn. So I wanted so, to bring that up because I wanted to use the example. When you gave that tip during the webinar, I literally <laughs> pulled my cell phone off my counter and I sent you a text and I said, do you have any dead leads in Phoenix? And you're like, of course I do. And, you know, you thought I was joking. You know, you, I did. you thought it was I was I was joking, um, but where, where I had to put myself in is, look, I'm, I'm humble at times. And I have to realize, like, uh, you know, we struggle in Phoenix. We have a branch there and we, we have struggled. And, and it's been really frustrating for me because I view Phoenix very similar to DFW, where we've thrived in DFW. So I'm like, why are the things that I'm doing in DFW working and they don't work in Phoenix? And so when you gave that tip, I was like, look, this is a great opportunity for me to reach out to my buddy and say, hey, do you have any dead leads? This is your tip. You just told me what to do. So I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to be the new wholesaler, right? I'm the new wholesaler in Phoenix. And uh, once you realize I was actually serious because I kept bugging you about it, and you're like, I don't know, ask Annie. And then Annie called you and she's like, you're, you called me. You're like, are you actually serious? Like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. I was literally drinking wine in my hot tub laughing when you're like, ha And I'm like, shut up, RJ. And then you're like, no, for real. Like I need to work on Phoenix and I'd rather work on free leads and burning up a bunch of money. And I'm like, all right, we'll deal with Annie because I don't deal with wholesale side. So, right. but she thought I was joking and I thought you were joking. And then you're like, no, for real. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to save people, I'll give them my dead leads or go find them from somebody else. I better give them to you. So, right. So, so Annie sent me over 2,500 leads and, and I'm going to keep up with this. So I'm actually working these leads myself. And funny enough, I know not everybody has this opportunity, but I just threw those into batch uh, texting. So he's actually getting paid off of me working his dead leads, <laughs> and, uh, which is hilarious to me. Um, but I'm going to work on myself. And, and you know, at, at times as leaders, we have to realize like, hey, we, we have to get in the trenches ourselves and find out what's going on. And yeah. that's what I'm doing. Like, so for so long in Phoenix, I was like, all right, guys, 
you know, here's the plan. I cast the vision. Now y'all go do it. And then it was like, well, we got shit results. So then I was like, here's another vision. Here's another plan. Well, now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I need to go in there and I need to find out what exactly is going on. And so I'm going to work these leads. I know y'all gave me detailed notes on them. I, yeah. I know that y'all have talked to them. So it's an actual lead. This is yeah. not like some, you know, hey, here's a, a phone number that we skip trace and we never talked to them before. No, this is an actual lead. And so I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to see what's going to happen. And we're going to do a 50-50 split on it. Uh, going back to previous videos that I've talked about in the past, I feel like that's how this should be done. It should always be that way when you joint venture with somebody. And this is going to be an opportunity for us to not only monetize dead leads that nobody in their office was going to be touching, and it gives us an opportunity to work something that's a little bit warmer than just going and pulling a list and starting over from scratch. So, and having to pay for it. There. Go ahead. I said, and having to pay for it. That's the exactly. that's the nicest part. Yeah. So I hope somebody out there realizes that, like, when Jesse gives these tips. And, and and I give tips on the podcast of these webinars that we do. Like we actually mean this shit. Like we actually live by this. And I'm actually personally doing it myself. Like when I was on that panel, I mean, I was listening and looking for tips myself. Even though at times I was talking and giving out tips, I was looking for advice. Like Jesse, what would you do? And I had to realize, like, hey, we don't have money to go out and do a huge campaign like we do in other markets. So I'm going to go out and pretend like we're the broke wholesaler starting off from from scratch. So thank you, buddy. I hope hopefully we get something from that because uh, I'm going to work my tail off on those and see what I can come up with. But that, that just shows your leadership qualities and you lead by example. So, you know, I, I still take sales calls. I still sign people up for our products. I still give them demos. I can't be removed from it because I need to, it, it's just like you. I need to make sure I understand the whole process of, you know, what our company is doing. And if I'm not willing to do it, I can't expect somebody else to do it. So I think that's, that's just one of the most amazing qualities in you too, is, you know, we're not, we don't have all this pride. And I think a lot of people want to be the CEO and, and do all these things. Uh, if if you think you're going to be a CEO of a wholesale company, pardon my French, but you're out of your fucking mind. Like right, it's right. not possible. It's a very high paying job, and you could have people doing other things for you. But I don't know a single person that runs a wholesale company that is not still heavily involved. There's there's maybe a, a few, but that's that's few and far between, and they're the exception, not the norm. But this is how you make millions of dollars. But you have to do the work too. Is kind of my point. Exactly. So on that note, I'm going to say something. I want to get your final thoughts before we wrap up because I know you got to jump on another call here in a second. Um, you know, when you bring that up, I, I I say this all the time, and I actually mean it. Like I am honored in the fact that I have a podcast that people actually listen to. People tell me that they have they they gain value from this, and, they, and it's helped them in their journey. And, and I'm honored to be able to interview people from across the country and that have very successful businesses. But I'm telling you guys, there have been times where I've had guests on here that have told me like, hey, I've worked myself out of my business and I'm the CEO and I don't have to be involved anymore. And then sure enough, six, nine months later, I'm reaching out to them. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Ah, oh, dude, I, I fucking fired everybody and I'm back in the trenches now. You know, it's this is not in an easy business as as what sometimes people lead it to believe 
you you've said it best sometimes you what did you say it's not a hard business but it's not an easy business or something along those lines um you know it, it's a it's a great business to make money but you still have to be in there and you have to be paying attention to it. it's not like something that you can just turn the faucet on and it's going to perform forever so keep your thumb on the pulse of your business and uh you know jesse thank you so much for for being with us today i know you've been giving me a hard time about getting on the podcast for a long time man i should have had you on a long time ago but uh what are your final thoughts before we sign off you know, my final thoughts are probably, I try and say this almost on every podcast, is surround yourself with the right people. I've been lucky enough uh, to do that, and I did it on purpose, and they've helped me so much. Without them, There's I wouldn't be anywhere in any of my businesses close to as far as I've been without helping people and then accepting help from other people as well. And I just, I think that if you surround yourself with people that push you, that motivate you and that that are really good people. I, I I really think sky's the limit, and it's just it's an incredible feeling to be a part of um, you know a group of people and and have so many friends that have uh, helped me along the way, and I've been able to help as well. So I think I think collaboration is the most important. Or as uh, Pace and Jamil and Brent say, squad up, like start creating your own squads. Make sure you find the right people. Don't if they're the wrong person, get the heck out of there because your mindset. And who you surround yourself with is is the things that you think about, and that's what you manifest, and that's ultimately what you become. Well, buddy, you've got yourself with the right people. You've created an amazing atmosphere in your office and also in the city and the in the market of Phoenix. Um, you you inspire me on a regular basis, but not only on top of that what y'all are doing with batch and how you are impacting so many different real estate investors by constantly improving yourself i mean as just an entrepreneur that has nothing to do with real estate investing that's beyond inspiring i mean there's times where i talk to you and i'm like i come back in and i'm like how does he have the time to keep coming up with these things like <laughs> what are they, how do when do they sleep when do these people out there they get you know not work so uh, you it's guys, our, it's our team, brother. We have an incredible team as well. Not, I, I don't think I got to mention that. Sorry to interrupt you, but we have such an amazing team. And I don't know if I emphasize that enough to where the culture that we've created and the, the team members that we have are the reason why we're successful. It's, it's not it's not the owners. It's the team. 100%. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, guys, remember... Uh, like I say every single week, if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you give me a five-star rating. If you want to give me below five stars, go give it to Steve Trang or somebody else. I don't like five stars. I only like five stars. So give me that. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you give me a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button. That's our episode, guys. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate you, sir. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.